0: Who sponsors this podcast? If you use promo code ETR over Underdog Fantasy, you'll get up to $100 in an initial deposit match bonus. So that's exciting stuff. They've got their weekly battle royale contests going on, which are six person snake drafts. So it's a d- different, fun way to play DFS. We have rankings for that on Established to Run, of course. And I'm sure we'll be seeing a playoff best ball announcement at some point in the near future. So check out Underdog Fantasy and use promo code ETR over there. Um, I talked a little bit last week about my upcoming half marathon in Charlotte. I'll recap that at the end of this podcast, so uh, the people that don't want to listen to that don't have to fast-forward through. But if you're interested, just stick around for the end. I'll talk about how that went. But let's dive into the Bileoni model. Uh, David Montgomery ruined a potentially perfect week for the running back Bileoni model, as James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, Devin Singletary, and Leonard Fournette all saw increases over their last three fantasy points per game. And is so often the case, uh, they happen to find the end zone, all, all four of those guys. And with James Conner hit on last week that all the high value touches were for him. And they clearly, for whatever reason, trust him the most out of all the backs. And if he's going to continue to catch, you know, three or four balls a game and get all the red zone looks, he's going to have some big weeks, even if he's not a very efficient player. He's just going to be extremely dependent on the offense going, which, of course, there's going to be question marks with Kyler Murray's injury there. A tough matchup this week against San Francisco, but he hits. Jonathan Taylor, sort of just a matter of time before he finally broke a long run, and we saw a long touchdown run for him. Matt Ryan at quarterback brings you know some stabilization to the Colts' offense. You're going to see some underperformers at the pass catcher. He hits. Leonard Fournette hit in a weird way. Um, a lot of rushing attempts for Tampa Bay. He finds the end zone, but he did get relegated to the RB2. Rashad White started that game, and the high value touches seem like they're still leaning for Nets' way, but he also had a hip injury, and Rashad White has a bit more juice. So, definitely concerns for, for Nett going forward. Final guy we'll talk about is Devin Singletary, who I was a little bit down on, but we um, he found the end zone twice. Um, and what's good for him. The, you know, the team takes it a little bit easier on Allen in the red zone with him doing this elbow thing. And also they ship out Zach Moss, who hadn't really been active anyways. But if you look at the backs that they have now, they're Devin Singletary, not the back that they want to use in short yard situations. But at this point, when you look at who they have, Naheem Hines, you know, James Cook and, and Devin Singletary, Singletary is kind of the de facto goal back. So um, possible he runs into some more scoring opportunities he seems to perpetually be on this list. I talked a little bit last week about how the, this list biases him a little bit because he's a running back who sees touches for a team. with a really high team total doesn't always correspond, you know, with those opportunities being as strong as we would normally expect for a running back on a high team total team. Let's take a look at the running backs this week. And we get Josh Jacobs on here. Who's seen a dip in production lately but his expected fantasy points in week 10 were his second highest of the entire season. You know, he had a solid week 10, a couple of really down games before that. One of them was the other disaster game against New Orleans where I think they got shut out. Another one was, you know, the one where they blew the big lead and they kind of just did nothing after Devonta Adams scored a couple early touchdowns. So just some, some weird stuff with Las Vegas as far as game stuff. And, and this is what happens. You know, Josh Jacobs ran like the sun to start the season, saw some regression not running as hot. Um and and it's all kind of balancing out where he still has a very, very good role. You know, he had eight targets last week. Don't expect that every week, but around four targets a week is pretty solid. He's commanding all the, you know, the base rush work and all the goal line work. So it's it's a good back to target. It might be someone that people don't play a lot in DFS as the price tag has come up and the Matchup this week doesn't look great, but you know, still solid expectations for him. Um, there's always gonna be some volatility, of course, in the goal line work. We've seen that with Brian Robinson, who uh had a couple games on any goal line usage and then gets a couple goal line carries against Philadelphia, finds the end zone, and despite having a strong game last week, does end up on the underperformers list. He's seen 20, 26 carries, so that's a big reason why. So, as good as this game was last week, we maybe would have expected even a little bit more out of him. I'm worried, you know, from a ceiling perspective, that the efficiency is never going to be there, the targets are never going to be there. But he is someone that, you know, I, we'd we'd expect to beat his last three fantasy points per game, which is only seven and a half. It's a low bar. Um, unfortunately, it seems like we're capturing. With the exception of last week, we, you know we had J.T. Conner there with the high value touches. We do have Jacobs this week. I am worried that a lot of the lists do end up as, you know, they're going to beat their recent performances, but they don't necessarily have huge ceilings. You know, we see that with Najee Gordon, Robinson. I think is another one of those guys. But this week in particular, it might not matter because the matchup is so strong against Houston. You know, that's definitely a cure for running back efficiency. Let's go over to the wide receivers. It's a pretty strong week for the pass catchers as a whole. We continue to see when there are players whose skill sets we trust, like you just got to play them when they appear here. It's just a matter of time. We saw big weeks from Amon Ra, who almost scored, didn't, still crushes. His last three fantasy points per game is going to be a monster down the stretch. We saw a big week from Gabe Davis. Chris Godwin finally finds the end zone, turns in a big week, had a play down the field. Devonta Smith, uh statistically lost a bunch of receiving yardage on a lateral late uh which you know makes it look weird in the box score but he was more like 660 and 1 and he's actually on the underperformer list again despite a pretty good week we do see that you know the tight end volatility is so real of course some bad luck on injuries to gerald everett and zach ertz but you know kyle pitt's you know stunk pat firemuth was meh you know kind of what you expect for a tight end when you don't find the end zone. Um, but definitely a lot of ability, volatility, the tight end position. Robert Tunyon only puts up 1.8 points, which is obviously really, really bad. Uh, other guys that did not hit Devo Samuel, who's on the list again this week, and Chase Claypool, who comes off due to the disappointing usage that he's had with Chicago. I do you think his role grows moving forward? But, you know, not sure if there's a ton of upside there. As far as guys to look at this week, the main guy I'm looking at is Cortland Sutton, who was technically a hit. For the model last week remains on it again. Jerry Judy, of course, banged up. Um, we've seen some volatility week to week in Sutton's usage, but in three of his past five games, he's had games of 120, 135, and 148 air yards. And in those games, that's a total of 29 targets. So downfield looks, but a large quantity of looks as well. So the red zone usage has not been bad overall, but like it really hasn't been there recently. And some of that's just random, you know. And as bad as Russell Wilson has been, I don't think the current touchdown rate, the career low yards per target for for Cortland Sutton are gonna last. Like I think, or at least there's a lot more room for those to come up than they are to go down further. So I think we could see a really big spike week from Cortland Sutton sometime in the near future. Do you want to address Trey McKitty being at the top as far as largest underperformer? That's driven by him coming in and having to play for Gerald Everett last week. Of course, we're weighing the the most recent week, most importantly in our model. And McKitty had six targets, a red zone look, but like super low ceiling. He barely makes the model because, you know, the by Leone projection from 7.3. Same for Tunyon, like those tight ends. Um, Higby, you can see a little bit lower at 7.3 as well. You know, those guys are just dangerous, of course. Um, but that's that's the nature of the tight end position. McKitty, you know, he's mostly a blocker, doesn't have much efficiency upside. So, when I'm shorthanded, maybe he falls into some looks, but I'm not personally super into it, despite you know the big underperformance number there. I am, you know, still still into Kyle Pitts. He had 135 air yards last week on the heels of a 208 air yard game. Uh, th- that just doesn't happen much for tight ends. And as frustrating as it has been to not see that lead to consistent fantasy production and only, you know, one or two spike weeks for the course of the season. It still gives him more spike week potential than most, other, most basically all of the non-elite tight ends out there. So, um, you know, continue to fire up Kyle Pitts, despite how disappointing it has been. We see a couple of Colts on here, Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. It's definitely good news for them that we get Matt Ryan back, a quarterback, just a little bit more stability overall. I want to note with Jeff Saturday coaching, not a total surprise, but the team's pace. Came down a little bit. The pass rate of our expectation. This, this team didn't operate like they did with Matt Ryan prior to Matt Ryan's benching when they were super up tempo, pretty pass happy. So just keep that in mind that it's good for Pittman and Paris Campbell. Levitan had a tweet about Paris Campbell. He's really into Paris Campbell. He's had three really strong games in a row. If you just look at the games with Matt Ryan, um, Dome game coming up where they might have to throw a lot against Philadelphia, especially a week with. Some shaky weather on the East Coast. A spot to target. Just keep your expectations in check that it's not going to be the offense that operated prior to Ryan's benching initially. Um, Allen Robinson played some slot last week. There's no Cooper Cup out to injury. If he's ever going to be successful, this is it. You know, If he's playing out of the slot, hopefully he gets some more easier looks. And the red zone usage was already kind of there. So... Definitely concerns that the offense overall is just terrible, but uh, Robinson's going to get his opportunity. So definitely, you know, now's the time to fire him up. And I do think despite all the weapons San Francisco has, that Debo Samuel still going to have some really big weeks down the stretch. And you know, he went just two for 24 last week off of six targets. It's always a concern that the total team volume is not going to be there when you have a, a team that has multiple weapons, doesn't throw the ball a lot, and is good, so the, the game script wouldn't dictate they throw the ball a lot, even you know after you just for that. So um, it's going to be up and down for Debo Samuel, but his historical efficiency, uh, along with you know even still some of the the easier opportunities that he does get, give himself some chance for some yak opportunities. I think he's going to be much better moving forward than he has been. Again, despite the competition, just wouldn't expect it to be super consistent for Debo Samuel. All right. So yeah, the big takeaway I think is Cortland Sutton is the guy I'm most excited about this week. Uh, if you want the by Leone mini correlation in your DFS contest, you can fire up some Sutton, Josh Jacobs mini correlations, especially if a lot of the attention for Las Vegas has moved over to Devonte Adams, given a couple of strong weeks in a row for him. Uh, did run in the Charlotte half marathon this past weekend, actually went really well. I know I talked about some tough times with training with being sick and with some injuries. My sickness kind of cleared up for the most part, like 90% cleared up by the time the race came around. Did a lot of massage stuff last week. Um, and, and my glute and my hip flexor really didn't pop up during the race at all. So that was really fortunate. I was really blessed that those things didn't hurt me. I ended up running a 1407, I think was the official time My PR is a 138.55. So, didn't quite hit the PR, but much hillier course than what my PR was set on. I think it was like net, you know, elevation change like 600 feet or so over the course of the half marathon. So, I was really happy with how that went. Gonna kind of rest up and then try to, yeah, figure out what kind of race I wanna do next. If there's any runners out there that have any ideas, I wanna do a spring race. Not sure if I wanna keep trying to get that half marathon time down or, Possibly do a just jump into a full marathon, which I've never done before, and it's always been in the back of my mind. Some of the ultra marathon trail races. I don't want to do like anything crazy, like a fifty mile, hundred miler, but maybe maybe a fifty k. Those races just seem like a ton of fun and like somewhat attainable. But of course, your priority one is to get healed up here over the next few weeks. So, anyways, uh, appreciate everyone's time um, and the tuning into the podcast. Great reviews on iTunes helps a ton. If you like and subscribe on the YouTube channel for Establish Run, that helps a lot as well for me to continue to do free content like this. Thank you so much, everybody, and best of luck this weekend.